0: I would love to know when we say things, especially in church, like brothers and sisters, you know, um, what, how can we, if we truly believe that gender is fluid, you know, that there are hims, there are hers, there are they's, you may be a her that was not born with that, you know, physiology. So how do we as the church be more inclusive
1: Episode 107 of Pup Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or you know, it's up to you, whatever's in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverend Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, uh, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, and yes, usually with a good brew in hand.
0: Hub Theology Live is a happy sponsor of Vote Common Good, a rolling caravan of preachers, authors, musicians, and do-gooders who are inviting people to move from fear to faith and consider how their vote might be used in service of the common good. Check out their tour schedule at votecommongood.com, and maybe they'll be rolling into a city near you.
2: And now you can show your love for us, Pub Theology Live, by becoming a patron, a supporter, a a, a donator on Patreon. We're now on Patreon. And we got some different tiers and levels set up, ranging from anywhere from $2 and higher. And we got all creative with naming these tiers as well. So head over to patreon.com slash p2live. You can get some swag. And coming in uh, soon very very soon we're gonna start doing some extra long form interviews with some special guests um around specific topics and those will be available to you if you sign up for our patreon page depending on what level you sign up at so head over there see the details um get started to support us and i will just say as brian Uh, Hinted on the pre-show, but now this is for the audio folks. When we hit a certain level of donations, we're going to be willing to come to your town and do a live show, live taping, live recording. So give, give abundantly, be part of the flow. Hit us up, patreon.com slash ptlive.
1: Exciting times. And, uh, you know, basically we're asking you to support us in faith, knowing that, yes, some very good things will become available uh, to our Patreon supporters once we hit a certain level of support, so details will unfold. You can also join our conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using hashtag PTLive. You can follow Hope Theology on those platforms and check out video clips from our show on IGTV, on Facebook, or watch the entire thing on YouTube, pre-show, actual show, and post-show. And you can also leave, that's a lot of show, by the way. You can also leave us a voicemail at 980-PT-Live-0 or 980-785-4830 or email us at info at We'd love to hear from you. Today, we discuss, is God male or female, other or what? And today we discuss as well, along with that, the shifting landscape of gender identity, what science can tell us, and how people of faith are responding. And this seems particularly pertinent as the Trump administration aims to narrowly redefine gender as a biological immutable condition uh, determined by genitalia at birth and stripping back some rights of transgender people. And so what is the role of uh, the church and people of goodwill as that's on the table? So we'll discuss all of that and more. What are we drinking today, friends?
0: So it is um, my sister's fortieth birthday today.
1: Yay! Happy birthday!
0: Happy wow. birthday, Sarah!
2: Did you did you start did you start any significant uh, things like a pub theology group on your sister's birthday or? I
0: did not. All not right. not and and she did not on the day of my birth because she was eighteen months old.
2: Take take but note, Brian. Take note. <laughs>
0: um, I she likes really hoppy beers. And so in, I'm um, not drinking one of those, but in her honor, she also really likes, and she was here visiting me this weekend and we celebrated a lot. So we got this for her request. It is um, an orchard edge naughty pear cider. So I am, there's, there's, there was one left in our fridge. It's very good. It's um, with pear, apple, cardamom and aged on white oak.
1: So. You better spell that because I had a different sort of naughty pear in mind.
0: Oh, Naughty, K-N-O-T-T-Y, not, you know, wink, wink. I think,
1: I think either one will work.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, and uh, it's it's a good thing. I like ciders. It's a good fall crisp day, so there we go. happy what birthday. Her favorite things are pumpkin-y and cider-y and fall things. Much like we love our birthdays, she loves her birthday month, which is October. So, there you,
2: there you go. go. Um, I'm... This is a new one I've never tried before. Also local to the New England, from Framingham, Mass. This is a uh, briefcase porter <laughs> from uh, what's the brew? exhibit A Brewing Company, Framingham, Mass. And the 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 thing on the site says, you know, uh, my papers, business papers, briefcase <laughs> porter. So there we go. Nice. It's porter season. Getting into porter season
0: okay. for sure. Yep very close
1: well uh not to be outdone it is also my sister's birthday today what? and she turns 45 and a big she, day uh, so happy birthday jennifer i know you don't listen but happy birthday anyway <laughs> um and she enjoys a red wine so i am drinking a uh Sellers cellars witch's brew uh red wine with spices added, which is awesome in the fall. Yeah, and especially if you heat it up a little, I'm I'm going to drink it at room temp, but when you heat it up a little, it brings out uh, mm. the nutmeg and the, the various fall spices. Tina would be proud of you. <laughs> yes. Are we
0: supposed to read anything into the fact that which is in the title in your sister's honor or.
2: Ooh. Ooh. Let Ooh, the listener Freud. understand. Freudian, <laughs> Freudian slip right there. Eh? <laughs> oh nice. goodness. Good, good call, Shannon. Good catch. Good catch. It was no a problem. good catch. I'm and here I'm for only you.
1: because I have, you know, other life things to get to after the show, I'm only drinking a little bit. So I'm I'm having along with it a uh Mango bubbly.
0: Is it a LaCroix? Oh, a bubbly. A bubbly. Literally
1: <laughs> a bubbly. Literally bubbly. Uh-huh.
0: Aww, hey, you heard so that cute. thing about La-
2: about La- <laughs> LaCroix being poisonous, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, we still Glad you
1: switched. <laughs>
0: they still no, drink we it. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: still drink it. This was just on sale. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. all right so uh what sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory mandatory amount of alcohol to i'm gonna go with quidditch <laughs> <laughs> why
2: y'all laughing like there's legit quidditch leagues out there
0: <laughs> oh i know there are it's real can
2: it's you imagine
0: real. um so I picked a summer and a winter sport. Um, so the first sport I thought was fencing.
2: <laughs> Ooh,
0: would be really funny. Um, and I wasn't sure if we needed to mandate how much the mandatory amount of alcohol had to be, but I was thinking if fencing was done like with several shots, like a shot in between yeah. sets or something, you know. The other one was I th- I thought was like the um, the bobsled.
2: Or the loot <sighs> something to,
0: right. like to know, really, fast. Pass. Good call. And like, but you're contained, right? So it's not overly dangerous.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: you're contained, but you're like whooshing down this hill at whatever, and you're like, oh my, like I think it could go either way. It could be really fun or really terrible.
2: There you go. <laughs> um, our uh, uh, before you jump in, Brian, a few comments from from on Facebook. Uh, Kimberly says mini golf that could get interesting. Uh, Zane said, polo. Um, Matt said, synchronize swimming. Then he said, wait, no, never mind. Bad idea. No, I think that's a great idea. I
0: was going to say, anything with swimming is a bad, like the drowning issue.
2: Anything that requires synchronization.
0: Well, see, the synchronization I'm all with, so like, but the, I, I went away from pools because of the drowning. So issue. how about
1: uh, gymnastics or something? There you go.
0: Or like, you know, dance team. Um,
2: and Dory <laughs> posted a, a video clip Entitled "Drunk Football" and then says, "You're welcome." So, <laughs> <if> you- <laughs> so head over to the
0: Facebook page. If you want
2: to enjoy the hilarity, go to our Facebook page and click on that link. Um, thank you. I was gonna thank-
0: say, like, I thought of sports like rugby played drunk regularly. You know, like there
1: <laughs> there are precedences that have been set. Right,
0: like Bo- golf is play drunk protein. regularly. Bo- <laughs> bowling?
1: bowling, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Bowling, ping pong. <laughs> what about you, Brian? I don't think anyone caught it, but I think I just said a word wrong. I said precedences instead of precedence.
0: You're well, right. no thank you for that. pointing it out.
1: You know,
2: <laughs> that's what I'm here I mean, for. When you make a mistake and no one calls you on it, just move on, man. Just, just move on. <laughs> just call
1: a win. So did, you,
0: did you have a sport in mind when you were thinking about this?
1: I did not have a sport in mind. I was trying to think of it as you guys were coming up with good ones. How about um, ski jumping or downhill skiing? I can see people dying. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> right. Like that's like the pool for me. Like the loser something, you're contained, you know, you're like, whatever. I don't know. That scares
2: but, me. But it could be funny. Like I've never seen a video of someone skiing into a tree and not laughed. So, you know.
1: Yeah. And if you're drunk, it kind of loosen. You're all, you're looser. So you don't get injured as badly. <laughs> However, you <laughs> need to you just play your amount, answer.
0: Amount, you just don't care as much <laughs> yeah
1: but you know like in car accidents when there's alcohol involved like invariably yeah the person who's had more to drink is injured less partly because your body doesn't tense up as fast which amplifies right. the injury
2: yeah but they're also probably the person who caused the accident in the first place so probably not
1: the best analogy not a good terrible analogy i realize yeah, nascar
0: like, not a sport i want to see with a mandatory drinking thing no
1: no
2: <laughs> no, 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 no
1: no no what about uh bumper cars but that's not a sport well some people some people treat it like one
0: (laughs) i i haven't done bumper cars in so years so many years and i love it so much i would love to
2: you know i'm glad you brought up the nascar thing quick side question so you know like for uh some people who celebrate like they've won a race and they may not be drinkers Whether they're in recovery or not, but like there's this trend sometimes where you, I've seen this most in NASCAR than anywhere else. They go to celebrate and they like haul up a gallon of milk and as their celebratory drink, instead of drinking champagne, they're drinking milk. Where are you guys on that? And if you're not a fan of the gallon jug of milk as a celebratory drink for ending your race, what would you replace it with?
1: Well, here's the thing the human body typically cannot drink a whole right. gallon of milk at a time. And I know because I've tried this uh, in college, we, we had gallon college or last week. <laughs> either. Uh, Remember we the had... wife's
2: not home. So I'm thinking you're going to be acting out a bit.
1: <laughs> so some friends and I in the backyard in college at our house, we had each had a gallon of vitamin D milk, like whole milk. And, and, and it's actually the vitamin D that your body can't handle that much of. So the D milk is just like you can't do it. Right. But we wanted to see who could do the best. So we we tried to down a whole gallon, and I think I got halfway before my body said, "Nope, enough of that." Yeah. And yeah, you can guess what happened.
0: Right, it's the like the lactase too. Like right, like your yeah, it's, you it's just a, cannot I, handle. It's
1: a couple things.
0: Yeah, yeah that much.
2: So like, maybe that might be the funniest sport to add the mandatory amount of alcohol to. <laughs> Milk jugging.
0: <laughs>
2: that sounds terrible. Like eggnog. Like, you know, I, I, eggnog jugging. Yeah.
1: Nope. Like eggnog.
2: All right.
0: All right.
1: By the way, our listeners who are looking forward to our conversation on uh, gender and transgender are really pleased that we snuck in a NASCAR reference. I'm
0: I was gonna say, like this is the this is the weirdest question to the topic of the day. I,
1: well, you know.
2: And I so didn't mean, and, I, and I didn't I didn't mean to take us further down the rabbit hole. I'm sorry,
1: that's all me take it back yeah. it's some somebody's single parenting so whatever happens happens right <laughs> there we go
0: Brian was asking the question, "How much can I drink during my kids' soccer games and still be okay?" That's that's what made him think of this question. Then he there like, you, go. "You know what? What if we gave eight-year-olds alcohol before they ran out there? That would be hilarious!" Like this, this is where his mind goes.
1: That's not where my mind was, for the record,
0: uh, <laughs> Christy or
1: anyone else listening. But but off the record.
0: <laughs> but hey, I've um, I've. It's not a lot of weird things sitting at my kids' sports events. So, you know. Fair enough. It's, Fair enough. it's, it's, not, it's not an odd thing to go. Like, you know,
1: mm-hmm. your,
0: let your mind wander as you're begging for this moment to be over.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So today we're talking gender. And our opening question is, do you see God as male or female? As both? Neither? Other? Yes.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think this often goes back to Genesis one, right? Yep. And in Gen, like, and they were created male and female, male and female. God created them, you know, like that poem that happens in Genesis one.
1: With the preface, Um, let us make humanity in our image.
0: Right. Yes, exactly. And that's, and that's the part that I go back to of, of that. That whole section is about naming creation and naming. So, so male and female are named in that moment, but God, the image of God that we were created then is fluid, is they, is us, it's is sand, is, is, is right? So, like people that point to that and say, no, it says we were created either male or female. And I was like, right, but God is complex god is us and we and they so
2: and 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 for me god transcends gender i i I don't see god as an amalgamation of genders god transcends gender oh and by the way the other thing people often overlook and forget that sneaky let us create let us create that whole you know transition from multiple deities to a to a single single deity that we we often tend to overlook a lot when we start throwing around there's only one god but that's just me that's a whole yeah. other discussion yeah.
1: for another time so okay. you would think you would say god maybe this question doesn't even apply to god that gender is, is the wrong way to think about god is that what you're saying i'm
2: saying that when we start asking the question of god being when we start to try to assign gender to god we are creating god in our image not the other way around yeah, you're trying to reverse engineer the process for me creating the image and likeness of god isn't about our physical form it's about our intrinsic soul self for me okay yeah the, the gender the gender thing doesn't apply as we try to re reverse engineer god because if we're going to reverse engineer god then we have to say things like yes that means god like us is an emotional fickle Deity, and that's how we got in the whole trouble of about how do we need to appease God?
1: Well, there's scriptural precedent for all that.
2: No, that's that's a reflection again uh, for me where people were in their human consciousness at the time. So, so for them, so so again, when these books are written, this this is how I interpret uh, you know evolutionary history and Bible history. At the time those books were were written, again the emphasis is on uh, procreation. The emphasis is on keeping, keeping the tribe going, keeping keeping the Jewish people from being wiped out. And so it's about, we've got a man, we've got a woman, we know how babies are made, boom, bam. And okay. this, is the, this is the emphasis. But to assume that that's how God works too, is limiting God. And for me, God transcends any of our definitions of humanness.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I, I would hesitate to boil the essence of humanity down to a soul that's devoid of physicality, because I think we are made as whole creatures, body, mind, and soul. And I do think the physical part of us is an essential part of us. Um, I,
2: I agree. I just don't believe there's a I don't believe there's a parallel or similar physical physicality to God
1: R- fair enough fair enough and I, and I don't disagree with that but I, I would say that as uh, we're made as Shannon mentioned in the image of God the source for what our physical features and everything else about us has its roots in God so there must be some what we would call feminine and male aspects to God that find their expression in the human person. I'll pause there. Cause I know Shannon has a thought.
0: Well, can I fast forward a little bit to God appearing in the burning bush to Moses sure. and Moses wants to know who God is. And, and it usually gets translated. Um, I am who I am and uh, and I was um, taught under a feminist Old Testament scholar. She was the first female professor in the seminary. and um, she has a great she has written many, many books on this very subject, right and And she made us go back to the original and translate the Hebrew, and that the tense, the verb tense, is actually, i will be who i will be not i am like i am who i am is a declaratory statement right like i will be who i will be is this very open um very more much more fluid understanding um and and that is a moment that i go back to in scripture where god kind of declares like i i I will be many things, some of which you may be able to understand, some of which you may not be able to understand, but there is no good answer to that question besides I will be who i be. And, and I think about that when we ask this question, I think it's very easy to say why the first humans, like you have that thing and I have this thing and, and kind of took that to say, well, then God must have one or the other or both, or, you know, they were trying to make sense of all of this. And I, and I think the world was much different. Procreation was a genuine need, right? Like to like.
2: Survival.
0: Survival was was, exactly (laughs) to maintain existence. Um, it was also thought, you know, one of the things that I love is when I studied, um, multiple world religions, was in the era of of goddess worship, right, before um, the family of Israel came along, right, before our Bible stories, when there was goddess worship, um, women were thought to control, birth, like, getting pregnant, and the sex of the child, like, this is where I go back to, like, m- men are inherently dumb, like... <laughs>
2: That took a turn. <laughs> wow.
0: I mean, not really. I love men. I love them. But you know, like there was this and I and again, I get it, right? Sometimes you have sex and you don't get pregnant. Sometimes you have sex and you do get pregnant. You have this weird cycle thing. Like Spoiler
1: I, alert to people who weren't tuned into that.
0: Okay. <laughs> sorry about that. Um yes, if you're 16, you always get pregnant. Use a condom. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but you know, like I can see how in, in a long time ago, way before science, right? That it was seen as like this really mystical, I, I, it's still this mystical process. I had a doctor when I was pregnant with my daughter. It, she was a bit of a miracle, a, sci- a scientific miracle. I'll, I'll not lie about that. And, and I asked my doctor literally, how did this happen? And after the jokes of, you know, how this happened, um, She said, you know, Shannon, it is still a miracle to this day that there is a healthy baby that is born. Like, of all the things that could go wrong, I don't Mm. know how it works. I don't understand.
2: Your body is actively trying to reject this alien form and, and, and your whole defense mechanisms have to be reprogrammed so the baby can not be rejected in nine months.
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, but anyway, when we go back to the nature of God, I think that's really just as we think about, uh, you know, in any relationship, like letting God be who God will be first. And this is less about the actual nature of God. And for me more about the language we use for God. Right. Right. You know, for some people using male centric father language, is traditional it is helpful for them um for some people they completely reject that and go the opposite way for some people you use both and some people never ever say a gendered name for god and don't consider the word god gendered Um, and a lot of people would say the opposite that the word god is a male term so there's there's just a lot of I as think opposed
1: it's, to goddess or something.
0: Well, or or you know the Hebrew, the Yahweh, like we've changed you know we've gone back to different um,
1: Sure. well, those are yeah, I mean, there's always the difference between the noun for the word deity versus an, a specific name that a deity might
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know be ascribed.
0: I mean that was why God chose. I mean, in a lot of, they chose not God did, but like the people chose the word God as an a god. Because God didn't need a, a name like Zeus or, you know, something well, else, right?
2: Well, God had a name. God was El. I mean, right. you know, when, we, when we, you know, go back even pre... Uh, Proto-Hebraic the monothe- or something. The, mm-hmm. Right, the monotheism that Judaism e- eventually got to in its earliest forms, they were multiple deities. That's why there's that passage again, let us, and, and right. El was the chief God who, ev- and again, this is, this is all tribal religion for the time. So, so there's been this evolution of understanding of of theology, even in this context. And by the way, by the way, I can hear my girlfriend Sarah in my head. I didn't. I apologize for trying to mansplain pregnancy earlier. That was <laughs> that was, that was not my Ayo. intention.
1: So I'm see I'm learning and I'm adapting. Yeah, but see, you told me if no one catches you, let it go. This is that's
0: different.
1: That was different, wasn't it? So very different. So the very. This is you this made a con-
0: grammatical error that nobody cares about. <laughs> <Wow>.
2: <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Exactly. This was a whole different okay. category.
0: Let me let me say that. There are people out there that care about that. And you friends are good and right and valid too, <laughs> even if I do not understand you. <laughs> so, anyway, there you go. Um moving on. <laughs> I uh, no, and and I, I think there would be a lot of of Christians, right, who would be surprised, especially Protestant Christians or, um, you know, those of us that don't have saints in our, like, and how each area that Christianity was spread to adapted um, old world religion, right, into their, like the the um, St. Bridget, for instance, right? St. Bridget was a goddess that was worshipped in the United Kingdom in Ireland, Yep. she is the goddess of beer, as you should be. Woo. And now she's the patron saint of it, right? Like it was adopted into their into their understandings, and and all of religion has this kind of adoption taking place. Um, so we can't really, yeah. I mean, it it it's been absorbed through two thousand years of our understanding and changed and all of that, and as we have moved past in our society and our understandings of male and female. I don't think this is anything new. We have just moved beyond that in our language and our understanding um, and, and been able to then think about God in a, in a new way that is actually more of an ancient way of thinking about God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, you mentioned the language that we choose to use and I do think that's an important consideration in, in every, uh, church and and clergy person needs to think carefully about this because the language that we use is heard by people who worship with us in a certain way, and and I respect when people are conscientious about this. And even if they choose something I I maybe wouldn't, as long as they're being really intentional and, and thoughtful about it, I think that's important. And so in my setting, we tend to use um, male and female um references to God, uh, for God. And, you know, sometimes we'll use the pronoun she, sometimes he, and we'll sometimes explicitly highlight biblical precedents for feminine attributes of God. We don't have to work hard for the fatherly or male ones because those are the traditional ones, and there's um, a preponderance of those uh, in the church already, so I think it's it's important to balance it out as much as you can. But it's so easy to default to he. And I, mm, mm-hmm. how do how do you guys deal with that if at all in your settings?
2: I've I've learned especially in since being in Unity and you thought to really like reprogram myself to not use pronouns at all and just use God. And it, and it sounds weird when you really need pronoun to right. put back in the noun, but, but I've really tried to be conscious about that. And um, as a being part of a faith tradition that is in terms of membership, predominantly female, um, it's, it's, it's appreciated. Um, uh, as well, a lot of people, and and this is not unique to Unity by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, many, many, my experiences, many, many of the car- female Kargans have issue with God as God is a masculine deity right. or masculine concept, and so so either making references to the feminine or you know again try to avoid the pronouns altogether. Um, it, it it helps. And I think, and I think it's important. I think it's important because I think when we keep referring to God as masculine, especially when us men do it, there's that implicit male privilege yep. <laughs> that, that kind of works itself into, into our, into our theology and our, you know, our spiritual lexicon that, that we don't need. Um, and, and I think it would do men a service to try to think about more about the feminine aspects of the divine to for their own sake.
1: Yeah. I've done a little bit of that too, where I'll I'll just drop the pronoun and say, God helps us see God's self in whatever, you know, instead of saying himself or herself. Yeah. Uh, I, I have done that as well, uh, but it, it, occasionally it it sounds a little awkward. It does sound awkward.
2: And, and it's, it's, almost unnatural in our speech, especially if we were raised in a tradition that did masculinize mask. Is that a word? Masculinized.
0: Masculated.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's the opposite. That made, that made God male. Emasculated.
0: <laughs> that, that I nope, I got nothing. I have no idea. Friends. If you know what that word is, please let us know.
2: <laughs> didn't, didn't. And didn't. then I
0: found $20.
2: There you so, go. Didn't, didn't think it all the way through. I just, I just launched in and then,
0: so I mean I I actually think I mean this is a this is a great way of looking at what how we project upon God but then how we also project upon ourselves right yeah. like I had an argument within the last couple of years with my father of how we, he doesn't understand why men the term man or men can't be included for all people right so I mean it, it's that it's that mirroring that we do we talk about the image of God in our own terms. We talk about us in the image of God terms. We do use a lot of um, male-centric language in our church. Let me put it this way. They use a lot of male-centric language, and I haven't pushed that a lot. Um, I I basically have, you know, God, and and I do adjectives like merciful God, gracious God, compassionate God. You know, like I'll, I'll add adjectives onto that, and I've certainly preached about the feminine, you know, words of names for God and all of that. But I think that it it got me thinking in this, um, as we we've done that language, but have we taken the opposite, right? Like have we really worked on, I find churches sometimes do one or the other. They'll really work on neutralizing the language for the people or they work on neutralizing the language for God, but doing both is really hard. Um, I have a friend. He's um, he's an, at the executive level, and I went to seminary with him. And since seminary has said women and men instead of men and women, um, yeah. and and has intentionally made it, that shift in his in his speaking in his natural rhetoric, and it still catches me off guard when I hear him say it. Right. Because it's just we always say men and women and brothers and sisters. And he has switched those to women and men and sisters and brothers. And Mm -hmm. it it just kind of turns your ear just enough to go. Interesting. Right. Like, so
2: I'm glad you brought that up. I do. When I do weddings, I always do that. I alternate between if I have to mention the bride and groom together, I alternate between mentioning the groom first and then Mm -hmm. mentioning the bride first.
0: Uh, i do too and i also have them when they need to speak have them switch off yes
2: yeah, yeah. like like and and i re- I remembered how weird that felt the first time i did it you know to that point mm-hmm. of you know or or subconscious and our implicit biases and and the cultural norm of mentioning the the male first and it's always fun when i'm working with couples to create uh, their wedding script when we get to the end it's like okay so when i announce you you know you're married you kissed the bride how would you like me to introduce you as right. man and wife husband and wife uh first names mr and i don't want to go like mr and mrs smith and the woman will be like uh-uh no we're not going yep. that
0: right. <laughs> right right it's almost a, yeah exactly you,
2: you, yeah. you know the, the are woman. still very traditionalist as well i will say oh yeah that's that's fine i said it's, right. it's up to you though but it's fun to see how that's evolved yeah. If it's a
1: heterosexual couple, I always try to put the woman first because the guy might as well start getting used to that.
0: Uh, I knew that was coming. That I did. I saw it coming a mile away. You did. I so did. I was just really praying you would think otherwise. You would come to your senses. <laughs>
2: oh, no. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, I
0: bring it I, – I mean, I honestly, I bring it up because, one, I would love to know – when we say things, especially in church, like brothers and sisters, you know, um, what, how can we, if we truly believe that gender is fluid, you know, that there are hims, there are hers, there are they's, you may be a her that was not born with that, you know, physiology. So right. how do we as the church be more inclusive? I mean, yes, there's, there's all peoples, but I think We're, we also, I miss, at least, I miss the intimacy of sisters. Can we, like, that means something to me, you know, when, when I'm gathered around with other women in a Bible study and, and we're sisters in Christ, right? That, that has an intimacy to it. And so I want to be, I want language for that, um, and all siblings, right? But again, like siblings says, it just, it's different. And do we, maybe it's yeah. just gonna be different and we need to learn to integrate that intimacy to the word, right?
2: I, I, I heard, a, I heard. go ahead, Brian. Nope, go ahead, I'll, oh, I'll I was table gonna it. Say, as, I, as I heard one uh, uh, master of ceremonies um, address the audience one time, ladies, gentlemen, and everything in between and everything beyond.
0: And and I guess
2: I was
1: like, that's kinda genius. Yeah, it's kinda it is. good, but is it kinda but is it a little snarky? Uh, it's
0: not maybe, snarky. Not the snarky's not the word I would use. Or
1: maybe yeah. snarky is not the right word, but yeah. Yeah. like I, I expect people I would think, laugh at that. And I'm not sure people who don't identify as explicitly male or female would want to be included but so laughed at. I'm
2: I'm glad you brought I'm glad you brought that up because I was in a situation where someone who was trans was able to tell me how they felt about it and they appreciated that the humorous approach
0: uh-huh. okay. was
2: used to express inclusivity okay and that's I mean, the, the, yeah. the fact that you have to think about what you're going to say to mm-hmm. include beyond ladies and gentlemen means that you're thinking about this okay right. and if you don't want to make it an uncomfortable situation that's sometimes humor can deflect or human can yeah. soft, humor can soften it and the person who was with me that was trans was like, I appreciated that they said that.
1: That's helpful feedback.
0: Yeah. And that, this is where, I mean, the, the default is to say they, to a, you know, a person mm-hmm. who's trans, to say they. And I was having a conversation with an older gentleman who really wanted to be the most respectful about it. And he said, well, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable saying they. And I said, well, what, what's important is that they're choosing. So if they decide, if they were born female and are transitioned to male or even, I mean, in, or just feel male and so want to be called he, then you use the pronoun he,
1: Yep.
0: right? You don't need to use they at that point. They have, they have declared, you know, they is still very respectful, but it's, it's they've, they've made a declaration so you can use he. And vice versa, and so forth. And that was a little more helpful of just getting rid of that, um, you know, just the that there there can be a choice and there can be a declaration. Yeah. And when know,
2: in, like that. when in doubt, ask. When corrected, don't question.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, and I think that's the you know, if somebody was born a she, if you will, they want they they transition to he, but you use they. It's better than saying she. You know. And if you have a question and listen, if, if somebody called me, they, I would not be upset about that. I, mean, I have a definite gender identity, and it happens to be the one I was born with. But if somebody called me, they, I respect that. Cause I do understand that there's a mix of right. all of this.
1: Yeah. And I want to bring in a little piece here from the national geographic uh, and that notes, uh, that gender identity is a shifting landscape. Uh, and yet the, then they say there's something to be said for the binary. The vast majority of people, more than 99%, uh, I don't know if that stat is actually accurate, put themselves at one end of the gender spectrum or the other. Being part of the gender binary simplifies the either or of daily life, clothes, shopping, sports teams, passports, et cetera. She says, but peop, or the article says, but people today, especially young people, are questioning not just the gender they were assigned at birth, but also the gender binary itself. And they have a quote from Miley Cyrus uh, from a few years back when she was 22. And she says, I don't relate to what people would say defines a girl or a boy. And I think that's what I had to understand. Being a girl isn't what I hate. It's the box that I get put into. And they go on to note the complexity of, as we've already highlighted, people being born with an inner sense of identity that does not reflect the physiology they were born with. Uh, or being born with mixed physiology or undefinable physiology. And so that it's just there is a fluidity. And yeah, I think even if the majority, the 99%, fit into the binary, we really have to make space for that one, whether it's one or 5% or in between. We have to make space for that, especially, I think, in the church. And, 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 make space
2: for another spokesperson. I don't know that Miley Cyrus needs a <laughs> spokesperson for that. I'm just putting that out there. And she had to
0: use the word box in it, right? Like, seriously. I don't oh, know if I want to fit into that box. I was like, wow, okay.
2: No uh, offense to Miley Cyrus, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, fair enough. So I- let me,
0: we're, we're three cisgender people, right? Yeah. Do, do you feel personally, like, and even as a pastor and minister, like, do you feel that you fit completely into one category or the other, or, and, and you just say, yes, I'm definitely this, but I recognize that there's fluidity. Or do you find yourself on a fluidity scale?
2: Good question. Um, I would, uh, oh, that was like a three part question. Um, <laughs> I think this, I think the second one, <laughs> the second one, um, in terms of identification, yes, cisgender male, right. for sure. Um, but then, then, but then, there's also the question, which which is another question. But where where do you lie on the hetero homosexual scale? Sure. Which which is another.
0: And those two things aren't always the same scale. Like oh no, they're I mean, two different, different categories Together, right. I think. Yeah.
2: You, you know, um, but but yeah. So I think I think the second option you gave.
0: So you str- you feel that you definitely fit into your.
2: absolutely now what makes it interesting so segue what makes it interesting is is so you guys are familiar with the Kinsey scale right where that measures your the the Kinsey scale measures your your level of uh hetero to homosexuality where like on the Kinsey scale I think zero is that you are um definitely hetero and six you are definitely homosexual um, and there's no there's no test. You can't test it because they never created a test. If you read the Kinsey report, it's all people who have self-identified, and 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 the categories were developed by them. There's no test. But today you have tons of psychology websites who created their own ad hoc tests to it. Hmm. So I took I took a few of them, and uh-huh. I landed like out of two, right? So. She I was having say. this discussion with my girlfriend. She says, right. "So basically, what you're saying is you're closer to being bi than being straight." <laughs> and I said, "Huh. I guess oh, that's true." I said, "But yeah. here's, here's for me the difference, and and how I know I and where 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 I clearly stand. I can look at both genders and I um feel feel an attraction. Um, say that's an attractive guy. Say that's an attractive woman. It's gone." But when it comes to, to, to taking to the next level of where can I see myself in a, in a sexual relationship with them, it's still f- for me female, mm-hmm. not, not opposed to male. But, well, but that yeah, doesn't mean, but that has nothing to do again with the identification of right. cisgender. Uh, yeah, with, I think, male.
0: right, and I, I very much appreciate that. I, I want to stick a little, like, this change for me personally, um, and I've talked about this a lot on the show and publicly, like I had trouble having children and come to find out like biologically, I have a higher than normal, normal female, quote unquote, normal female testosterone level. Like that is a physiological medical thing. It's not abnormal. It's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't put me at any health risk, but it did create some fertility issues where I had to take some medications and, and do some treatment in order to have biological children. And that was the, the first time for me that I began thinking, I, I felt I very much fit into the female, all female category. And it was the first time for me that I started to think more biologically about, well, what would, what does that mean? Because, you know, I, I do have this hormone in my body, a larger amount of it than, Um, most women have, what does that mean for me on that gender fluidity scale? Same thing for men who have things like low sperm counts and more progesterone levels, higher progesterone levels. So what does that mean? And again, it's not simply, it's not simply scientific. There's, there's really not a DNA test we do and say, oh, you're actually a boy or, oh, you're actually a girl. But I think it, there is some more complexity to this. Um, this is
2: this is how, you know, science can help really educate inform us. But we got to be open to that, and 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 you know, along this faith spectrum of belief, you know, when there's um, anywhere from a little to a moderate to whole scale rejection of science and and what it teaches us and what it means, you know, and and we decide to believe that you know it's all about. the the external genitalia rather to your point, you know, the flood of hormones in our body or the flood of hormones during the cycles of us being in the womb. Like, like when we, when we don't educate ourselves and embrace, not even embrace, but realize that this is the fact of biology, then we get stuck in, in what, what we're, you know, now hearing about, about from coming out of that memo from the Trump administration about, you know, trying to, trying to define, you know, You, you, uh, a person's uh, uh, genitalia at birth—you know—that's right. the determination of if you're male or female. And biologically, that's not the truth. That's—it's not that simple.
1: Right. Exactly. That that magazine we uh, that article we referenced from National Geographic notes that gender's an amalgamation of several elements: chromosomes, anatomy, hormones psychology and culture and that you can be born with chromosomes and uh genitals of one sex but realize that actually you're transgender, uh meaning that who you are internally does not match up but you may also uh identify with neither gender uh right and you know these are things we know scientifically and as you said ogan when we ignore that and more importantly ignore uh Human beings and the ways that they uh, choose to identify—it's very problematic, right? And and why is it that there's this need to define it so narrowly? What do you think is driving that? Well,
2: um, <laughs> if, we, if we if we're talking about you know in the in the current administration, I mean they've they've not made any bones about their outright or even subtle. Um, um what do you call it? Motivation to make things quote the way they used to be, whereby on the surface, where right. the, the you know the official thing was, you know, male, female, men had their roles, women had their lesser roles, and certain people of certain ethnicities had you know more privilege over the others. They, they've not made any bones about you know, where they stand with that. But to, to take it back from that and even to take it into the, you know, the re- religious concept context and the belief context again, back to our first question. If we in the Christian context are reading the Bible, the Bible makes no mistake about God being male, women having their place, and procreation, you know, especially the Old Testament, procreation being the reason people had sex period you know that's that's why we you know one of my one of my one of my favorite passages that tormented me as a teenager was that whole you know the what is it king onan how he spilled his seed on don't spill your seed (laughs) struck struck dead (laughs) you know no healthy masturbating teenager needs to hear that because it scares pun intended the bejesus out of them right but again here's this is no this is the no, story not. this is again a story you know that's illustrating the importance of we are people who need to reproduce because we're in exile and, and we're about to get wiped out and we don't know our future right sure you know that that kind of thing. but but if we don't if we don't in our churches talk about the context of this if we don't um you know and 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 again this like I, I, I was in a good mood before the show started, uh, are
0: you not in a good mood
2: now? No, I'm getting I'm getting angry now because here we here we have this 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 small uh, you know group of evangelicals, and this is not all evangelicals because you know again shout out to Vote Common Good who are a group of evangelicals, uh, they're you know trying to educate us and and um, and and don't belong to the minority group who are pushing this agenda mm. about about wanting to, to, to adhere to this like literal viewing of the Bible, which they're really not doing, but they're trying to say that they are doing it. But again, what is it about? It's about power, it's about about male privilege and it's about it's about removing the context of, of right. how these passages were 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 written. So we we, we really gotta speak out, those of us, and and say, no no, this is this is not the full story about this. And again let's not make any mistake at the time these passages were written there were trans people there were gay people exactly there, right this is this is not a modern phenomenon this no. is a human phenomenon as long as humans have existed
0: but you're no. you're absolutely right in in that you know this is not it's not a coincidence that this comes out which surprised me on like it it did not surprise me at all that this is a policy trying to be pushed through okay and it and it's not a surprising thing that it came out a week after Trump says women are about to take over the world, right? So to which we all responded, "Thank God, it's about time." And,
2: like, <laughs> I I think I think we should be clear and say that this is not a policy that's been proposed. This, this right is a memo that they've been circulating. I think mm-hmm. they're kind of like you know how comedians shop new material at like the lesser clubs. I think they're trying to shop this material out. They probably leaked it just to get just to get the feelers out about something that maybe, yes, they want to create policy around, but it's not at that well, point yet.
0: And there's no doubt it's probably a, hey, look at this shiny thing over here while we sneak sure. in this other thing over here. But it's still an important topic to talk about. And, and I Absolutely. think, you know, as, as we three says gender people who are in the church talk about it, it is not to co-opt gender fluidity. It is not for me to sit here and say, well, here's why it's to say, no, I actually do fit in my category and I respect and understand the fluidity of like that. There really is no category at all. Like there Mm -hmm. really is just, and it's really not even a spectrum. It's this up and down weaving kind of thing. Um, it's fluidity. That's, you know, I often think of when you, you know, the, the water that goes up and down, sure. you know, those kind of things, but it's
1: not two dimensional.
0: It's, it's not two dimensional. Thank you.
1: Yeah. There are categories, but there's overlap and it, and there's those, those a, the final word.
0: What's the graph? the Venn diagram, Venn diagram. It's a Venn diagram, you know, yeah. and there's all this and we That's can right. move in and out of categories and yeah. do all those things. But right. again, if you're, if, if you do identify in some way, it's, it's, this is part of being that ally right and and not and and being as open as we can particularly in the church because we do have so many things that are gender exclusive you know Jesus as a man in you know the protestant and catholic in the in the traditional mainline churches of trying to understand that language but but there's no question to me that this is still a policy pushing we want to go back to the world where patriarchy rules white male patriarchy rules and you know that there's no question that this is all part of that pyramid and that scheme
1: yeah and you know as much as scripture is often problematic on issues like this there are uh texts like matthew nineteen twelve, 12 uh, where jesus is talking about eunuchs and he says some um become eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of god some um have been made eunuchs by, uh, by others, and some are born that way, you know? That's a text right mm. there that notes people are born outside of the binary, born in ways that didn't right. fit the categories of, of gender and sexuality, and that that is God-given, in fact.
0: Well, and everybody's favorite theologian, Paul, comes out and names it. Like, in Christ, yeah. we are no longer male and female. Right. Like names we are all one in Jesus Christ. Now, you know, his actions did not line up with his words. <laughs> it, was <a laughs> sound bite. it was a good
2: soundbite. It was a good soundbite. But
0: but you know, there it is in scripture. You're looking for it. This this these two things alone don't matter in Christ Jesus. Like we are all loved as one. So yeah. you know, let's let's stop pretending that this doesn't exist in you know. scripture
2: but so i actually i actually kind of spoke a little bit about this this past sunday again where it comes to regardless of where we stand whether we are we're we're, whether we're an ally or we're not or you know whether we want to go back to the strict characterizations of male or female or we embrace the fluidity um the, the the spiritual growth point for us is realizing as best we can that we all still have implicit biases biases mm-hmm. and 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 to hide and 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 when we discover these to be about the work of transforming them
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and and that's the only way we transform the system when we each take the time to to look at ourselves um and 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 realize this you know right um, i I kind of, sort of joked earlier about the apologizing for the mansplaining, but but it, it came from a sincere place. Of you know, uh, my girlfriend Sarah is always really quick to point out um, from a good place mm-hmm. when I when I revert into this, and I think I'm kind of being just helpful. But she has a she she has a good point. Sometimes I jump to an assumption, and she says, and I've noticed you do it more. Yes, with me. And with some right. of my female friends and you do it with other guys um and she's right and and i had to be i had to be in a place of being um open and objective to hearing that and looking at that and go what is that about like why am i what am i doing that you know um and part of it is again that conditioning of male privilege you know, I mean, I have white privilege backing me up, but you know, there's, there's the male privilege and, and what am I going to do about that? And not to assume because I can consciously say I'm an ally to, to not realize that I still have this embedded programming in, in me that I have to rewire. The good news is that it can be rewired, right? you know, but for some people, unless they have some kind of scriptural or faith backing to, to instigate the rewiring, they're like, why bother?
0: And I guess for me, as I go into my church, I'm arguing there's plenty of it, right? There's yeah. plenty of it for God. There's plenty of it for for humanity. There's there's plenty of it for animals, even, right? Like there's plenty of it. And so let's not just ignore that in in the process. Um, but you know, this is where we, as people of faith, not just the, the church, but people of faith. Have to be. This could go for so many things right now. We have to be out there in public saying these things mm. because we cannot let the alternative be the only voice.
2: Right, and vote <laughs> <laughs> and get out the vote. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's, it's not enough to believe the things we we have to act on them. And in this and in this context, if if we want government leadership that will that will honor all this. Stuff that we're talking about, honor individuals and who they choose to be. Then, then yeah, we we go march, we go protest, we go speak out, but we have to go vote. That's that's the engine of democracy. And um, so, yeah, go vote, go vote.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I think you're right that we do have to be vocal and we do have to address these issues and we do have to be conscientious and we have to be learners in the church. You know. Yeah. Um, as someone who is a cisgender male, I get to learn on a lot of things. Um, and I remember not speaking... Not only cisgender male, but a white cisgender male with blue eyes. You got white, a, yeah, I, forget, I forget that part. <laughs> I was speaking at a, a local Pride event a couple of years ago, and I said the phrase transgendered. And yeah. someone came up to me afterwards and was very kind and helpful and said, we don't say it that way anymore because it sounds past tense and it sounds it's just not the way we say transgender and that was just very helpful for me to, to learn that and, and to be a learner and I right. and so we need to be in these conversations be in these relationships and as um, Shannon said not pretend we understand it all uh, right. but be open but also, to learning and making space
0: in not a mansplaining way but in a helpful way not you know we've come to that point where we don't have to rely on the only people that that can come up and have that conversation don't have to be transgender, right? Like we can call that out when we see it. Right. Because we we do know and we can be helpful in those ways. Just as we call out a racist joke when we see it. Just as we, you know, right. all just as we call out sexism when we when we see it, we can't leave that to that community alone because they're fighting a thousand battles on a thousand different ways, right?
1: Exactly right. Yes.
2: Yes. And not to mansplain mansplaining, but what you did was splaining, and in is always okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> n- n- not always. <laughs> well, I get plain by plenty of women, and it n- drives me more crazy than mansplaining does. <laughs>
2: I'm never going to say it's not okay out loud. i leave that to you.
0: <laughs> I just think, you know, men can't help it, but women should know better.
1: <laughs> oh wow, there it is. There it is. Nice. I love
0: play. you. I love you Touché all. It. Good night. No. Touche and
2: nicely played.
1: That might have been our, our final word. Well done. <laughs> well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. Please connect and spread the word on social media. Remember, you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. Yes, this episode is coming to an end, but that doesn't mean you can't queue up another. Please rate us on iTunes. And uh, if you want to watch the fun, you can check out clips of the show on YouTube or IGTV or Facebook. And if you'd like to join a conversation like this in your town, check out the directory at pubtheology.com. And if there is not one near you, you can find some resources to start your own. And don't forget to join our growing list of supporters at Patreon. Visit pubtheology.com to get started. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I like how you
2: mentioned our growing lists of supporters. <laughs> right. you We're know, launching the thing today. There's nobody on the list.
0: <laughs> I know, but it's a growing list. Uh,
2: that should have been episode... This should be next week's.
0: It's, it's got nowhere to go but up.
2: But up. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you should just say, you know, don't forget to support us at Patreon. It's
0: fine. Come on. One person signs up
2: and that's suddenly bad. very true. It's growing. You're right.
1: It just takes one to be growing. Right? Exactly. It only takes the spark.
0: But it takes two to make a thing go right.